Next on BYU Sports Nation, the drive for a five seed. BYU basketball on the rise in bracketology. What's the realistic path to keep climbing? We go inside the NCAA selection process with former committee member Tom Hummel. Plus, CBS Sports College basketball insider John Rothstein on why BYU to another Sweet 16 hype is real. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, February 27th, wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who sits courtside at his fair share of NBA games, Jerem Jordan. Uh, I don't sit with my, like, mortal enemy, though, you know, slash friends. I don't think I have a mortal enemy slash friend. Uh, I'll work up to that. Ka- uh, Kalani Sitake and Kyle Whittingham yesterday wearing uh, the the old school uh, retro late 90s. Uh, we can say that now because it's been 20 plus years, I mm-hmm, guess. Mm-hmm. That feels like, wait, that that's 20 plus years old? What? Um Courtside of the Jazz game last night. Jazz uh, used to be good. Now they stink, which uh, st- stinks. But they sat next to each other. Utah Jazz tweeted out, red plus blue equals purple. Purple, yes. Yeah. The mountaintop they were there jerseys together. in purple. How do you feel about that, by the way? I'm okay with it. It's February. It's February. I'm okay with it because Kalani worked there for 10 years and they're friends. If they didn't know each other that well, I'd be like, dude, no. What but about Ron McBride and Lavelle friends. Edwards and their relationship? Were you okay with that one? Well, BYU was dominating. So yeah. Okay, so it's but, different. Well, yeah. We're all kind of sensitive. BYU's lost nine in a row, which you reminded of us, uh, us of that on And Twitter. took some heat on Twitter for it. Spencer! How dare you bring up nine straight losses? Tell a sad story in three words. Is there a more sad story than that? That was funny. Anyway, uh... Yeah, I'm I'm kind of mixed on it. I I get why he uh, Kalani Stocky does it. He's friends with Kalani. It's fun. It's more than a game. Blah blah blah. Right now, we're all a little sensitive, having lost nine in a row. So it's like, why are you patronizing with the enemy? <laughs> Kyle's a coog, but you know he's a Ute. You know, definitely. It's such a so unique. It's, it's interesting. Dynamic. Some people hate it, right? Some people love it. Yeah, our guy Dave McCann tweeted out just a couple of cougars enjoying a yeah. jazz game together. Dave's Twitter is mainly to jab you. That's the purpose of Dave McCann's Twitter. I love it. Oh, here is today's show lineup, and hopefully, hopefully uh, you love this. CBS College Hoops insider John Rothstein. Is a five seed for BYU possible without the Cougars beating Gonzaga again? BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo, former NCAA Selection Committee member, will answer that same question and several more. Plus, BYU's latest bracket resume and today's version of the Rootables. Here are your Thursday BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU basketball maintains that number 14 spot in the latest NCAA net rankings. ESPN's bracket insider Joe Lunardi revealed his latest seed list, which has BYU on that six line, only two spots out from a five seed. A BYU win at Pepperdine on Saturday, coupled with a projected Gonzaga win, and the Cougars will secure their first ever solo second place finish since joining the West Coast Conference almost a decade ago. It's ball night in the Marriott Center for the women's basketball team against Pepperdine, who uh, Brigham beat by 18 on the road. Cougars are tied for second in league with two games left, but don't own the tiebreaker with San Diego. So hoping for two wins tonight and then Saturday, San Diego needing a loss for BYU to get the two seed. Uh, triple by the semifinals. That's a big deal. Watch it tonight on BYU TV 90s. 
BYU baseball opening a four-game series in Albuquerque against the New Mexico team. That's already beaten the Cougars twice this season. Game one of the four-game set today, 5 Eastern. This marks BYU's first trip to Albuquerque since playing a three-game series as a member of the Mountain West Conference back in 2010. BYU enters today's contest with a record of 5-3. and three. The Cardiac Cougs. They had, like, sack flies in the eighth inning for the first three wins. It was wild. Eric Mika is back in the G League. He had 16 points, 8 rebounds for the Stockton Kings in a 128-99 loss to the Salt Lake City Stars. Kyle Collinsworth had 2 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists, and 1 e-book in the game. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball projected as a 6 seed, according to ESPN's Joe Lenardi, just two spots away from... A wait for it, five seed? How is this possible? A team that hasn't been to the NCAA tournament in five years has nothing to do with it. Is now climbing toward a five seed. What's the path, Jerem, to BYU obtaining a five seed in the bracket? Obtaining? Is this the scriptures? Earning. Uh, uh, BYU obviously needs to beat Pepperdine, avoid a quad uh, two at the moment loss. It'll probably be a quad three on selection Sunday. Then uh, you got to win the semifinal, likely against St. Mary's. And then to get a five, I think that BYU is probably going to need to beat Gonzaga. Really? Because I think BYU is going to drop a seed anyway with Sunday play. I'm just, we're going to bring Tom Holmwell in. I'm just convinced that BYU probably is going to drop a seed line um, because of Sunday play and how the bracket shakes out. So to get a five, BYU would need to actually be a four. That's what I believe. The last time BYU was really good in 2011. We kind of had the same thought. Oh, Brandon Davies isn't playing. No Sunday play for BYU. What is the committee going to think of Jimmer and this team now? I don't know. They'll probably be a four or a five seed. They got a three seed. They got a, they got a three seed. So just maybe the committee shocks us and doesn't penalize BYU for no Sunday play, trying to fit them in because it's super annoying. Yeah. At the time, BYU was like 30 and three. A three was fair. A four or five would be weird. I know. I know. But yeah. this. The committee is now judging BYU based on who they are with Yoli Childs, which is 15-2, and two, and they beat St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Right. I mean, in 2011, BYU was 30-4 and four going into Selection Sunday. That's, that's a three seed. I don't think that BYU needs to beat Gonzaga again to earn a five seed. If BYU beats Gonzaga again in Las Vegas, now we're talking about the real likelihood that they have beaten on back-to-back nights St. Mary's and Gonzaga well, if they on beat a Gonzaga, neutral court. Yes, they would have done that. Then we're talking about probably like a four seed. If BYU beats Gonzaga twice nope. in a three-week span, now they're now they're looking at no, no kidding. A I four just seed. told you that's my thought. I yeah. think they'll I think they'll drop a spot. Yeah, that's that's what I think. Okay, well, I I hope for a four. Four would be incredible. That's the ceiling, by the way. Yes, a four I don't would think be, BYU. I think it's five. Has to be Gonzaga though to to be a five seed. They could beat Pepperdine and St. Mary's, and I think be a five seed even with Sunday play, and even if will, they lose to Gonzaga, will BYU be punished? Uh, for losing to Gonzaga again. Why but Why would they? No. That's uh, it's a question. It's not an answer. Um, will BYU be punished? That's the question. Because if if BYU plays like a tw- – if BYU loses by 12 or something, and trust me, that would be an actually decent margin given how tough it is to play Gonzaga in Vegas. It's a road game. It's definitely – it's tougher than Spokane. BYU's won up there three times. They've never won in Vegas, right, against Gonzaga. But an opportunity – and uh, Gonzaga is going to be ready for BYU this time around. 
I'm just hoping BYU gets through St. Mary's. Let's not forget, without Yoli Childs, BYU loses by three in overtime at uh, St. Mary's. And then at home, it took this amazing shot by T.J. Haas. That's going to be a really tough game. Just because BYU beat Gonzaga on Saturday doesn't mean BYU is just going to blow through St. Mary's. That is a tough game for BYU. The motivation going into Saturday was incredible. Will the Cougars be equally motivated and not rusty? They will have not played a game for 12 days or something, right? Or nine days since Pe- from Pepperdine, St. Mary's. Like nine days, right? That's going to be a big game, assuming it's St. Mary's. What if San Francisco pulls off the upset and takes down St. Mary's? That'd be a bad thing. We want St. Mary's. We want another quad one on the far left column of the resume. It would be a quad two if it were a team like San Francisco on a neutral court. Right. That's what but that's you not going to help you as one. much, yeah. obviously, as a quad one opportunity. And, which, by the way, who's the last team to beat BYU? San Francisco. Mm. They won by one at home. They wouldn't take down BYU in that situation, I don't think. Right. But they are the last team to beat BYU. BYU's won eight games in a row. Can make it nine against Pepperdine and a 10-game win streak if they win the West Coast Conference semifinal against St. Mary's. That's why I'm thinking a five-seed is realistic even if BYU doesn't beat Gonzaga. I'll take a five right now. And I would love that because if you win, you match up with a four or a 13. And, oh, I'm afraid of the 5-12. I would take the five in an instance. Don't question me on that one. (laughs) Topic five. Topic five. Topic two. <laughs> I want five t- is the number I want of the a five day. seed. <laughs> Topic two. After the massive win against number two Gonzaga Saturday, it's hard to imagine anything feeling more important than the Gonzaga game. Uh, but Greg Rebell said this yesterday. The Pepperdine game is more important than the Gonzaga game. Yes, the Gonzaga game opens the doors, but the, the Pepperdine game kind of, uh, uh, you know, puts the stamp of approval on that game. And uh, there's only one chance left for BYU to you know, take a quote-unquote bad loss. Okay, I'll ask you this. With that in mind, is the Pepperdine game more important to BYU's tournament resume than the Gonzaga game? It just seems crazy, right? Because you compare the two teams and you're like, no. Uh, uh, what? One's ranked second in the country. What are you talking about? But in a weird way, yes, this game is more important for BYU because BYU is expected to win on the road and maintain the level of national respect that they have recently earned. There is pressure now to win this game. There was no pressure on BYU to beat Gonzaga. They were not expected to win that game. Gonzaga was supposed to come into Pro Bowl and win that game. They're our number one seed. There's pressure now on BYU to win this game because of the added national attention, and they are a favorite. As amazing as beating the Zags was for the Cougars, it was an upset and a shocker. And if BYU had lost, it wouldn't have hurt their body of work. The Pepperdine game, as Greg Rebell just told us, is a chance for the Cougars to slide in the wrong direction. I'm glad BYU has a full week to prepare so they can flush out the euphoric high. There's no hangover and just move on to Pepperdine. You got got to move on, and I'm glad they have a week to do that because I think emotionally, a few more days is going to help BYU get focused, and really be locked in on Pepperdine. The team may flush it out, but we won't. It's going to be forever. No, we don't it's have gonna, to. It's going to linger, man. Yeah, I'm putting that in the uh, cold storage. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that around forever. Uh, it's a bigger game because uh, of the win. If BYU hadn't beaten Gonzaga, it'd be just like, eh, normal game, right? But now, yeah, you want to keep that going. Also, when BYU rolls into Malibu, there's a little 17 attached to them. 
So it just this massive target on BYU's back. So absolutely really important. And it's important because of the win. You want to keep it going. You don't want to give the committee any reason to drop BYU to some dumb seed like an 8 or a 9, which BYU's too good for an 8 or 9 right now. But if you lose to Pepperdine and then you lose the semi, you give people a reason. I always say this. When someone gets pulled over for a ticket on, on the freeway and they were going like 15, it's like, why do you give the cop a reason to pull you over? Just own it. Like, you know what? We lost to Pepperdine and we lost to St. Mary's. We don't deserve to be a six anymore. Like, that's just how it is. But don't give the, don't give the committee a reason to mess with your seed. Don't, don't drop out of the top 25. Stay in. Get a, get a quad two win tonight. It'll be quad three. Get a quad one win in Vegas. Play Gonzaga. If you can't pull that off, that's okay. That's another quad one game. And now you're sitting at a six, right? A five or a six. And if it's a seven, we'll complain about the Sunday play thing. You know, we'll get there. The Pepperdine <laughs> game is a unique situation because even if BYU had lost to Gonzaga, it's still about maintaining. So if BYU had lost to Gonzaga, it's like, okay, we've got we to gotta win this to maintain a seven seed. Win the games you're supposed you got, to you win. You've got to maintain. Pull off an upset. BYU occasion. hasn't lost a bad, a bad game, a quad three game all year, so you've got to maintain. But BYU beat Gonzaga, so now it's maintaining a better seed. So there is more pressure. Because we've seen, oh, this is better. Like, it, it could potentially be really great. So, yes. got to maintain. The, the, the best moment of the year came in February. Late February for BYU. So far, we hope there are better moments. There are two possible better moments left in the season. Let's talk about it. Beating Gonzaga in Vegas for the title would be a better moment. Beating St. Mary's wouldn't. Beating Gonzaga for the title would be. And then winning a second-round game and going to the Sweet 16. That is what is left in terms of climbing the mountain. Uh, I hope that the mountaintop hasn't been reached. I hope there's another peak that we didn't know was there. That we're going to cross over and go, oh, it's right there. And then we cross that one and see if there's another one. Yeah. A number of BYU players, including Yoli Childs, to me on Saturday night said, I, they, they uh, echoed that, that rhetoric. I hope this isn't the high. Right. And it was really high. Let's we don't want it to be the high. That was, that was a really high moment, but there are a couple opportunities left. Question of the day. What is your path for BYU basketball to earn a five seed in the NCAA tournament? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Nick Lee 51 on Twitter. The only way BYU gets a five seed is if they win out, which includes beating Gonzaga in the WCC tournament. I think six seed is their realistic ceiling if the odds play out how they are expected with a win versus Pepperdine, win in the semifinal, and loss to Gonzaga in Vegas. I bet you BYU would be like a three-and-a-half-point favorite or something against St. Mary's right now in neutral court. It'd be tight. It's not like I, – I feel like we're overlooking that matchup. I, like, I'm going to be nervous about that oh, one. Oh, I will absolutely. Yeah, Saint don't Mary's, overlook St. Mary's. It took a clutch shot from T.J. Haas. It wasn't like BYU won that by tw- – isn't it weird that BYU beat Gonzaga by more than they beat St. Mary's at home? It's just a weird matchup, right? It's a tournament matchup. It would be a – right now, a six seed versus an eight seed on a neutral court. That's pretty even, right? That's pretty even. So I think there is a reward for BYU in winning that game. There should be. There yeah. should be. I would hope. I, I don't know that it moves you up a whole line, but it totally secures you within that line. Because BYU is two spots out of the five-seed line right now. Yes, yeah, so is BYU is the to bump second six-seed, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. For, and we will, from Joe Lenardi. Two spots from a five. That was a little surprising and exciting. 
At Borscht Tire on Twitter says, I think BYU has to win out for a four or five seed, including the WCC tournament. If the Cougars beat St. Mary's but lose to Gonzaga, I think they stay at six. I agree if with that. They lose to St. Mary's, I think they drop to seven or eight. Ooh, ooh, eight. Don't, no. Yeah. He says, I'm overlooking Pepperdine because Mark Pope won't. <laughs> Don't overlook Pepperdine. You can do whatever you want. It's your life. Uh, the team is what I'm concerned about. They're not. I don't care if the fans. I don't care what the fans do. You got to maintain. No, the urgency is real. Look they over, know what's on the line. Yeah, overlook whoever you want. Every yeah. game matters 17, so much. Seventeen plus, you know. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, and Instagram. No, seventeen plus. I am. I am putting the. It could H- be a tight I'm, game again. I am putting the X on that. That is not allowed for the Pepperdine game. Well, you we'll, can say we'll it. See. We'll see. But I am not. I will not hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Coming up, 17 plus. You hear that? Nope. I BYU Athletic I Director Tom Holman, what seed he thinks BYU deserves right now. John Rothstein, CBS Sports College Basketball Insider, on if BYU can earn a five seed without beating Gonzaga again. This is BYU Sports Nation. 17 plus. What? The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. With two games left in the regular season, BYU Women's Hoops is in a tie with San Diego for second place. Every game matters, trying to get that two seed and a triple bye to the semifinals. Watch the Cougars host Pepperdine tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. We welcome in on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline now, CBS College Sports basketball insider John Rothstein. John, welcome to BYU Sports Nation for the first time. Great to be with you guys. How you doing? Uh, fantastic. Mostly because BYU just pulled off one of the bigger upsets in program history, uh, a game that you have followed closely. After knocking off number two Gonzaga, what is your national perception of BYU basketball as a team and how they will match up in March Madness? Well, BYU to me, guys, was a dark horse second weekend team before the Gonzaga win. Now they're a team that I think has a chance to be picked to advance further in the bracket than that. They're a breathtaking offensive team. They've got experience. They're extremely well coached, and they've got a horse inside in Yoli Child. So this is going to be a team that is going to be a trendy pick to go far in a lot of NCAA tournament brackets. We've been talking about what seed has been possible for a few weeks now. And our, at first we were saying, just avoid the 8-9. That's the worst, right? Now BYU is in a position where they're being talked about as high as, say, a 5, probably in that 6-7 range right now. Where do you feel they are? BYU has a chance, I think, to get into the 4-5 range comfortably if they can finish the season strong. And, guys, here's the thing you have to look at. Because right now the West Coast Conference has had this breathtaking type of a season where it's well beyond Gonzaga, BYU, and St. Mary's. We'd have, we've had great seasons at also Pacific and San Francisco. You have a rare opportunity in the West Coast Conference tournament to get more quality wins than usual. If BYU gets another crack at St. Mary's in the semis and wins, it's like beating an eight seed on a neutral court. And then it could get a rubber match with Gonzaga in the WCC championship game, which could again be like beating a one seed on a neutral court. So I still think the ceiling for BYU ceiling-wise is still there. Okay, John, let's play hypothetical game here and say BYU beats Pepperdine Saturday. They beat St. Mary's on a neutral court, have another quad one victory, but lose to Gonzaga in a competitive game in the West Coast Conference championship. At that point, what seed would BYU deserve in the NCAA tournament? Look, we don't want to speculate on speculation, guys. If BYU gets to the WCC title game, I would expect they're going to be a 4 or 5 in the NCAA tournament. If they get beyond that, 
they could obviously continue to climb. Winning in the NCAA tournament, a lot of it has to do with what seed you are. So we've been very intrigued by that. Yet, no matter who BYU plays, as you mentioned, you thought they were a dark horse, uh, you know, get to the Sweet 16 kind of team before. How much of that is three-point shooting? How much of that is Yoli Childs to you? Well, to me, Yoli Childs is directly related to BYU's three-point shooting because he allows BYU's perimeter to operate in more space. And another thing, guys, that I think really needs to be pointed out, you win in the NCAA tournament with experience. T.J. Hawes is technically a six-year guard. Yoli Childs is a senior. Jake Toulson is a graduate transfer in his fifth year. So your three best players have a combined 15 years of college basketball experience. That can't be understated. CBS Sports College basketball insider John Rothstein with us on BYU Sports Nation. Follow him on Twitter at John Rothstein and on Instagram where you can find exclusive content. Okay, BYU 15-2 and with Yoli Childs. The two losses in overtime at Utah after you cramped up in a one-point loss to USF. Uh, John, at... At this point, we've, we've kind of seen BYU doesn't have a bad loss on the resume. Is there a derogatory mark, in your opinion, anywhere on BYU's resume? No, I, I mean, I think, you know, the one thing we always have to remember is that the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee puts teams out there for the NCAA Tournament in terms of the team that they're going to play with once they hit the field of 68. So with Yoli Childs in tow, that's the team that's going to be seated. They're 15-2 and two with him in the lineup. That's got to stand for something. Let's talk about uh, some of the teams on BYU's resume that stick out. Obviously, UCLA has become this big story in the Pac-12, making a run, beating Colorado. That's helping BYU's resume because when BYU beat the Bruins, it was like, uh, hey, that seems like a nice win. But then uh, it feels like in the last week and a half, UCLA has climbed like 25 spots in the net. How do you feel about what the Bruins are doing and what they could do to finish the regular season? Well, Mick Cronin has broken UCLA and built them back up. You know, it has been an unbelievable turnaround in Westwood. And, you know, I had a chance to speak with him on Saturday night after the win over Colorado. And, you know, he made it clear that his team had to understand that they were in a lifeboat and they had to decide that, you know, they were all, the only way they're going to get back to shore was to band together and get to the shore together. But, you know, you're seeing right now a program at UCLA that is very similar to the program that Mick built at Cincinnati that went to nine straight NCAA tournaments. John, who's the best team in college basketball right now? Gonzaga's certainly in the conversation, but uh, they just lost to BYU. So who owns the top spot in your opinion? Kansas is playing better than anybody else in college basketball right now, but I will say this. Baylor is much better than it played in last Saturday's loss against Kansas when the Bears lost by three points at home. Do you still have Gonzaga as a one seed despite the loss? Yes. San Diego State, obviously, is the one seed still in the East. San Diego State would have been the one seed in the West had they not lost that game to UNLV last weekend. John Rossi with us on BYU Sports Nation. When you watch BYU as a team, the eye test, if you will, what do they need help with? What do they need to improve upon? Because we've been hearing about, oh, they're the great, greatest shooting team in the country. They shoot the three better than anybody. What do they need to work on? Just continue to get better defensively. You know, I know it was obviously amazing to watch them score 91 against Gonzaga, but in the NCAA tournament, when you have teams that are some of the best defensively in the sport, you are not going to always be able to win with your offense. So they need to continue to get better defensively under Mark Pope. Dayton's had an outstanding year, John. What do you think they are capable of in the postseason? Dayton's capable of getting to a Final Four. There's no doubt about it. But the pressure on teams like Dayton, like San Diego State, even like BYU to a lesser extent is, 
unless you win multiple games in the NCAA tournament and get to the second weekend, you are going to look back at the season as a failure. Guys, you lived it with Jimmer Fredette in 2011. Because you had those extra days of media attention, those extra days to break down the next matchup when BYU went to a Sweet 16, I felt like if Brandon Davies wasn't lost for the year in 2011, BYU might have had a chance to win a national championship. You get a different feel for your season. For those programs who are having special seasons, you got to win two games in the field. John, we don't talk about that uh, PTSD, <laughs> man. We're, we're still not over that. I'm just playing. Uh, when, when you look at what Mark Pope has done in, in year one, certainly in, he inherited a tremendous schedule from Dave Rose. He inherited a good core of team, but he convinced Yoli Childs to come back. He convinced Jake Toulson to return to BYU. What do you have to say about Mark Pope's first year? He fits BYU like a shoe. I mean, this was an unbelievable hire by BYU's administration. You know, he's somebody who's a future star in the coaching fraternity. You know, I don't know if there was many hires in the last year that have been better than Mark Pope and BYU. John, between February 1st and, let's say, the first week of April, what's your typical day like? You know, it all depends, guys, on what time we finish up in the studio. Like, last night, I didn't get home till about 2 o'clock in the morning. I woke up about 7 you know, went to the bathroom, you know, wild around for a little bit, then just got to work, starting to talk to coaches and so on and so forth. So I would say, you know, you're operating on a, you know, a 19-hour day, you know, maybe to 20, you know, each and every day where, you know, you'll try to get a workout in in the morning if you can. But if not, it's just constant phone calls, constant research, constantly watching tape and just trying to prepare for the next day. So basically it's sleep in mid-April, late May. Yeah, we sleep in May. We'll the sleep in May, is- right? The, the phrase was done for a reason. <laughs> John, it's great to talk to you. Uh, we appreciate the time amidst your very, very busy schedule. Uh, and we know that you're watching the West Coast Conference and BYU very closely. Let's do it again soon, man. You got it, guys. All these renaissance-type atmospheres right now on the West Coast with the Pac-12 West Coast Conference and Mountain West are killing us people back east right now. We have insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. We'll sleep in May. John, thanks so much. We sleep in May. Later, guys. You got it. John Rothstein on Twitter, at John Rothstein, and on Instagram. Exclusive content available there. CBS Sports College Basketball Insider. Man, on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, you know why we show how. Coming up, Tom Homo is on the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee for three years. He'll explain what kind of seed BYU could maybe get and what the committee looks at. Where would the current BYU resume end up in the years he was on the committee? If BYU's resume... Were there when he was there? Where would he place the Cougars? This is BYU Sports Nation. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. What a show today! Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. We just spoke with John Rostein of CBS Sports College Basketball Insider. Got his take on what the ceiling is for the Cougars whether or not they beat Gonzaga in Las Vegas, and if they beat St. Mary's, what happens? Download the podcast to hear that whole conversation. Let's make it even better and bring in a former NCAA Tournament Selection Committee member on several occasions and current BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo. Tom, great to have you in Studio B. It's almost March Madness. I know, man. How much uh, happier are you and less stressed now versus when you were on the committee, I'm sure that was a fun, cool experience, but there was a lot of info to take in. Well, especially the first year I was on the committee was when we got, that was the last time we got in. And being on the committee and watching your team and then having to leave the room and come back in and go, what, what, what just happened? What, what happened? We were, were first four out or first four in. It was very stressful. 
Uh, I wished I had more stress the last three years. But it's a time this year where, you know, all things considered with the year we've had, we're in. It's just a matter it's now of, of how what we can do to finish off these next couple of games that we have a uh, super important game Saturday, then the tournament, and then here we go. Let's talk about that game on Saturday. What kind of impact could BYU's result against Pepperdine have on seeding for the Cougars with just a few games remaining? Really the way I look at it is this game against Pepperdine Saturday is almost like the first game in the NCAA tournament. Mm. Because whatever happens in this game, win or lose, it's going to affect where we're seated in the tournament. Now we're talking way down the road. I shouldn't do that. I'm a former coach. But you really have to take this game and put all your attention into it, and which they will, because that has a lot to do with where we get seated down the road. I like that point that this is essentially like a quarterfinal. If you approach it that way, it feels even bigger, right? So BYU at Pepperdine Saturday. Then BYU goes to Vegas. Should the Cougars win Saturday, they'll be the two seed, and that's a big deal because you get the uh, Gonzaga bracket, the one and two, get a triple bye. That's a big deal too. It certainly is, and there's a reason that the WCC Executive Council went to this schedule for the WCC tournament. Because we were in a situation a number of years ago where you had a really high-seeded team like Gonzaga or particularly BYU or St. Mary's, and you'd get into the tournament and you'd be playing the winner of the 10-9 game. And you'd win that game and drop in your then RPI, now net. Now that can't happen. Whatever happens, the top two seeds, whoever they may be, are going to get buys, and they'll be playing a really good net team, and it's not going to affect them in an adverse way if they were to happen to lose that game. And what's great for BYU, and we've talked about it, is uh, there are two quad ones sitting there, possibly, right? Yeah. St. Mary's, and if you get through that one, you'd think Gonzaga is likely to get in the next two quad ones, maybe. Yeah, quad ones are a beautiful thing come mm-hmm. Selection Sunday. And I think everybody's starting to understand how that works. I really enjoy the fact that people have caught on to what the quad system means, and uh, when it first came out, what says quad business? I think every analyst knows exactly what it is. And most of the kind of you know, yeoman people out there can go, hey, yeah, quad, we, we need to play a better schedule. And I love that. And, and this year was exactly that. And that was a gift from uh, you guys and, and Dave Rose and everybody to have Maui, to have Houston, to have San Diego State. This was perfectly set up for this group of seven seniors, right? Right, and it's kind of fun. Like with, We'll go back to football scheduling now. People are always are going, we hey, going there, Tom? how about the schedule? What do we do? <laughs> how, and, and this is a situation. Football and basketball are way different, right. but it, the, the stars were perfectly aligned this year. The schedule was such that if you brought the players together and the coaching staff and all the chemistry on the team came together with the schedule, bam, you got it. And that's what happened. That's why we are where we are in our net. 30 in D1 and 9 in non-conference. Wild. The schedule. It's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, well, and it certainly helps when you win a few of those yeah. big On games. the other side of it, if, if we didn't really have a, a, a loaded team this year and it was a weaker rebuilding, it would not look good and we'd be taking criticism. It just happens such that stars were aligned. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo with us on BYU Sports Nation. Right now, the Cougars are projected as a sixth seed in most major bracketologist rundowns. ESPN, Joe Lenardi, of course, leading the way there. Two spots out of a potential five seed. So uh, on the seeding line, I wish I could give you a blind resume and say, oh, it's not attached to BYU per se, because I know you. it's different now for you, but is it too high, too low, or, or just right? Do you think they've earned the sixth seed? You know, I just 
I love our team, and so I'm going to be biased, and I'm going to be very optimistic about where we could be. But that's not really my duty as the AD. Everybody in BYU Cougar Nation is going to feel like we deserve more and better. But what the way, being on that committee and knowing that, I'm just going to go, let it go. Let it flow. What's going to happen is the way we play Saturday and the way we play in Vegas is going to give us the right seed. We have nothing to do to affect that other than to play well and win. <laughs> and so these are not home games. They're neutral games, well, except for Saturday, a road game. So there's a lot of work that we can do Saturday and in Vegas that's going to enhance our opportunity to be a four, a five, a six. On the other side, a seven or an eight. Don't so say eight, there's Tom. A lot, no eight or nine. There's a lot of work that has to be done by the Cougs. Let's talk about the uh, Sunday play issue and how that affects BYU on the seed line. Can you explain as a committee member, okay, if BYU's in and Sunday play's not a thing, they're limited to the Thursday, Saturdays, and how that may affect seeding for a team like BYU? Sure. It's, it's actually pretty simple that I've seen it, and I've actually watched it happen. But you have this software package, and they start putting the uh, teams in and seeding them, the one, the two, the three, the four on the first line. Then you go to number second line, two, five, six, seven, eight. When you get to BYU, the um, package, the software package says, uh, have to play on Thursday. And so now, all of a sudden, if BYU was slotted to go in at, say, I'm just going to throw out a number, 20. There you go. You'll like that one. <laughs> and that number 20 tournament game was on a, was a Friday, Sunday. They would move BYU to the next line. Okay. Meaning not 21? 21. Okay. Not down another whole line, right. but 21. But if and they, they were 23 and the next cut for a 6 was a 24, then they'd go down a seed line five to six. Possibly. possibly. You could possibly okay. go down a whole seed line. Gotcha. It, and and I, I would have to tend to agree that where we are, there, it's possible that they could move them up. Uh, ooh, so up is a possibility. Not, it's very, very thin. Okay. The probability would be they move them down. And I'm okay with that because that's the way it works. The same thing would hold true if for some reason, like you say, some people are saying there's 10 teams in the Big Ten. If you get down to a, a line and you have two teams right next to each other and you can see that they're going to end up having to play each other, in a, they're not next to each other, but the way they would be seated, and the software picks it up right away. Wow. And they show that Michigan State's going to be playing Iowa. <clears throat> Iowa moves down a line, and someone gets the benefit of that. So this happens uh, probably a lot, right? It, it happens takes all the while time. to sort all that out. And, and what is it in terms of... Same league, uh, X amount of rounds. Is it the first two rounds? Yeah, right? I, I, oh, it's the first two. I think you can get into the Sweet 16. The yeah, you, you want to avoid the same league matchups. They even try to do it. They try to do it with not having matchups of a non-conference game. So that if was we were, already played. Yeah, so if we were going to play Houston, if they're going to have a rematch again, it would be up to, I mean, so all of a sudden we're playing Houston in the first round then we'd already played them. They would do everything they could, and then the committee would make a decision to say whether or not that was in the best interest or if it would be an unfair thing to move Houston or BYU somewhere down the seed line. Ah. That would be unfair. Or they might just go, you know what? It's better for them to play each other again than to disadvantage one by moving them down the seed line. And rematches the next year are considered as well, except yeah. <laughs> when we play Texas a two years ago. They do consider it. Yeah. But it does happen, and in, in that particular situation, the committee said, look, 
the best thing for these two teams is that they play each other, and it would be a disadvantage to one to have to move them down. You spent four years on this committee, right? Yeah. Four years. I mean, you've been in the room, so we're fascinated by all of this. Uh, when a team like BYU is, is placed, and they obviously have to be in a Thursday-Saturday quadrant, um, how much can the committee be like, well, we, we, we want to do it regionally. We want BYU to be somewhat close to home. Does, does that factor in at all for a team like BYU? No, <laughs> not really, and it really shouldn't. Every team in the country, when your line comes up and you're the number 29 team, you get slotted for that location. And that location is, for us, if it's on a Saturday, sun, or a uh, Friday, Sunday, it's going to move. Okay. That's just how it's going to be. No problem about so it. So it could be BYU's playing in Albany. That's just could how it be. works out. That, and, and because, and if that were the case, it would might be because we had to go to a Thursday game. And we, sure. know, and we know the four Thursday sides, so we already know where BYU is sure. going to end up, right? Right. Which it's Spokane, St. Louis, Tampa, and Albany. Okay. Those four, right? And so, like, when it comes down to that, there's going to be the conspiracy theory. A lot of people at BYU are going to go, it didn't happen. That's not what. They, they messed it up and they were biased. No, that's not how it's going to work. It's all software. It shows all the contingencies that they voted on years ago. And sometimes they update them, but it's all in the policies and procedures. So it takes it out of the hands of the 10 voters, except if it gets to a point where it's going to disadvantage the team. Okay, so next time somebody asks me, hey, where do you think BYU is going to end up? I'll say, mm, probably Spokane or St. Louis or Tampa or Albany. Yeah. One of those you, four. Those right. are the Thursday Saturdays. <laughs> it makes sense. Probably one of those four. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. And, uh, yeah, so we've got the resume right here. BYU 3-4 and four in quad one, 4-3 and three in quad two, 15-0 and oh in quad three and four. How do you feel about this resume with a week to go in the regular season? I feel great about it. I think one of the things that's happened in the last couple of years is we've had teams during the regular season where you're thinking, you know what, we got a shot, we got a shot, and then we would lose to a, a quad three team or maybe a quad four team. Killer. When you get in that room on Selection Sunday and you look at quad three and quad four losses, Ooh. there's nothing that's going to drop you faster in the in – the, uh, seating or out of the tournament than that. So that's what makes the regular season so special is that you're going to play not everybody in quad one and two. You're going to play some three and four games. You got to win those games. You can afford if you have one win, quad one wins and twos, if you have some good ones in there, you can afford a little bit of a, a, a mishap in quad three. But quad four, that's tough. And you're going to have those games. And every once in a while we've We've kind of misstepped and lost some of those games. And let's acknowledge, uh, you know, the, the quad three against San Diego. BYU's down with 12 seconds to go. The alley-oop happens. Survive. What's right? the difference? Or even like the Houston game. TJ makes that shot. That Houston game is the game that's been hanging in quad one as our lone win for a long time. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we have Gonzaga and And Utah State has climbed from a 50-something up to 35. Right. And UCLA has gone from 102 up to 78. And so look at UCLA as the way they're playing right now and the way the Pac-12 is going. They could move fast as a P5 team playing in their tournament. If they were to win the Pac-12 
who knows how far they is, how high they ascend. They could help BYU potentially get another they could. spot or two, right? Yeah. If they climbed into quad one somehow. The next and we've got a segment called the Rootables where uh, we look at BYU's former opponents and say, okay, root for this team. Because <laughs> tonight, root for this team. Root for this team. Root for yeah, this team. Exactly. Uh, Absolutely. And we'll do that in just a little bit. Um, I, the, the schedule for BYU this year, having played San Diego State, Kansas Gonzaga twice, maybe three times. That's pretty wild. When you look at those are number one seeds, three of the four number one projected seeds right now. How much of a reward does that give to BYU when the committee is looking at that type of schedule? SOS, baby. Strength of schedule. Now, the strength of schedule is that uh, analytic is still in, it's included in the net. So sometimes people will look at strength of schedule and say, oh, their strength of schedule, they had, like we have a 14 net and our strength of schedule is a. Uh, 30. 30. And Cougar Nation might think, well, we're going to really get a really great seed because of that. Because then they're going to put all their, you know, all their uh, marbles on strength of schedule. Strength of schedule is included in that. That's why we're at 14. So don't get too carried away with strength of schedule. It's already adjusted in the net. But in, when you get in that room and then you just... It's maybe between two teams, between who's going to be on a five line and who's going to be on a six line. And somebody in that room or people in that room are going to go, you know what? BYU challenged themselves in their schedule. And it just will happen that this might be a 30 and this team just might be a 190. Ah. They might be a really good team, but their non-conference schedule was not very good. And that difference right there puts BYU on the five instead of the six. Wow. Give us an idea of what it's like in the room. When there's a back and forth and a debate happens and agendas are had and certain numbers or metrics are favored, what's that like? It's beautiful. (laughs) That's what I wish. And the media wishes they could be in the room. And it's a debate that happens every year. Why don't you let us cover it? But I don't think people would be as open and as honest in their expressions. It reminds me of a staff meeting on a football team and on a staff where you have to argue it. You have to fight it out because when you go into that game on Saturday, you better have prepared yourself to make the right calls, to put the best people in position to play, have these golden plays ready to go on fourth and one. You have to have all these situations. And that's what happens in that room. You're super prepared because you fight it out. And that's the thing I miss the most. You might be staring someone down across the table because you know you're going at it, arguing on a situation. And then when we take a break, you go give them a hug and go, all right, we got the right team in. That's us before every show. (laughs) (laughs) This should be trending. There's a lot of truth in that. A lot of truth in that. Tom, it's so great to have you in studio. It was a fantastic conversation. Terrific. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tom. Quarterfinals in the WCC begins Saturday. Against Pepperdine. Love it. Coming up, a BYU fan went to the Pope Show, and now he and his wife are driving to Malibu for the game. We'll tell you the story. That's dedication and your resume update. Did BYU make a move in any of those key metrics? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU basketball wraps up the regular season. Saturday, Pepperdine listen to the game on BYU Radio as the Cougars go for a ninth straight win, looking to lock up their first 
Solo second-place finish in the West Coast Conference and earn that triple by coverage begins at 5 Eastern on BYU Radio. We have a couple of BYU sports-related things, go figure on BYU Sports Nation, to mention outside of our normal headlines, starting with swimming and diving. 18 men and 14 women are all conference performers after the MPSF championships, among them Connor Sterling, uh, Lindsey Sterling's relative, question mark, sophomore Javier uh, Mata, who led the men's uh, team with five honors uh, each. Sophomore Gwen Gustafson, she's been in the studio, and Bryn Sproul led the women with five awards each as well. BYU softball will play in the Judy Garman Classic in Fullerton, California. I fourth say week Judy of competition. Garland. No, the like, Judy Garland. The Judy Garland Classic. <laughs> Might as well make it that. Yeah. They're going to tap dance into that. It's going to be amazing. That famous actress. Okay, uh, Tom Homo just came in here, and there's so we, much information. We've had some offline conversations to try and understand the bracket, and we really appreciate his time. But it was fun to have that conversation with you so you could see us kind of pick his brain on how it works and – the, the biggest question for me was, how does Sunday play work in that room, right? And it's not that complicated. It's, as you mentioned, the software. It's a BYU formula. 20, and uh, nope, they can't play in that. So they go down to 21. Does it work? Yes, it works. Sweet. Or no, it, here's where I'm saying it may drop BYU a line. So if you're you know 20th, and that's the first five seed, right? 20, 21, 22, 23, those are your four uh, five seeds. If BYU was 23 mm-hmm. and then they drop to 24, they go from a 5 to a 6 because of Sunday play. And he mentioned it is possible but rare that BYU could go up. Could jump up. To, to accommodate the Maybe seating. they're a 20 and they the next best option is going to a 19 instead of dropping all the way to like a 25 or something yes. based on location. And, they, and, and so you understand, they don't go, who's an 8? Who's a 9? They go 1 through 68. That's how they sort it. And then... Whoosh, it sorts itself out. From now, what's point. interesting is the NCAA said, oh, you know, and if they can place regional teams in uh, a place where the, they're going to have a lot of fans, that's great. That that's only, only applies yes, to one seed. It only applies to the top teams. That doesn't apply to anybody else. BYU is going to play in Spokane, Albany, Tampa, or, or St. Louis. Louis. Those are the four Thursday Saturdays. So if you live in one of those areas... You got a 25% shot that BYU's Upstate coming in your direction. New York. Okay, coming up, tonight's Rootables. And a rise and shout-out. Stay with us. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. The show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Let's get to it. The BYU NCAA Tournament Resume Update of the Day. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. And in the most important metric, the net. BYU holds steady at 14. In fact, BYU holds steady... At every major metric except for one. 15 in Kempom, 18 in BPI, Sagarin 18. Strength of record, BYU goes from 24 to 23. So that is an improvement by one spot. They stay at 27 in the KPI. Okay. Bracket matrix in all 78 brackets, of course. Average seed 6.1, high seed 8, low seed 4. The rootables look like this tonight. San Diego at Gonzaga, I would say root for Gonzaga. Pacific at LMU, I would say root for Pacific to stay at quad 2. Portland at San Francisco, uh, San Francisco to stay at quad two. St. Mary's at Santa Clara, St. Mary's to, yes, climb into the top 30. If St. Mary's on selection Sunday stays in the top 30, the home win is a quad one that is right now is quad Let's two. Let's go. And then Arizona State at UCLA. 
Eight clap for the Bruins because the Bruins have become a quad two as long as they're in the top 100. They got a shot to get into quad one, I think. If It's 28 spots, but if they go through Oregon and go through Arizona State and a couple of these good teams, they got a shot. Hey, BYU has a solid quad two victory over UCLA because of the yes. rise of the Bruins. At worst, it's going to be a quad two victory, making BYU overall in quad one and quad two seven and seven against their toughest competition. UCLA is the fifth best win now. It used to be like the eighth or ninth. It's now the fifth best win, and uh, it'll probably be no better than five because I don't think they'll climb past St. Mary's at 32, of course. That's too much, but Saint, um, UCLA helping out BYU right now. Okay, so the Rootables, Gonzaga, Pacific, San Francisco, St. Mary's, and UCLA. Those are the five teams that you should cheer for tonight. Well, Utah lost last night. Uh, so you, Well, classic, on the road. <laughs> Beat somebody outside of the Huntsman. That's what Come a on. young team does. Come they on! They home, they lose on the road. Question of the day. What is your path for BYU basketball to get to a five seed in the NCAA tournament? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Jeff Albright on Facebook. Make it to the WCC championship game. BYU has enough on their resume to get a five seed regardless of the WCC championship result. And I tend to agree because BYU is likely going to have to go through St. Mary's and that would be another quad one win. They should be rewarded for that. You know what we actually want? St. Mary's to be Gonzaga because Gonzaga is going to stay a quad one. And then we need St. Mary's to bump up into the 20s, so that's a quad one if BYU gets it. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts. Mine goes to Jacob Flores. He said yesterday, tweeted, Thanks to the Pope Show last night, um, my wife and I decided to make the drive 10 hours to Malibu on the regular season finale. Just bought our tickets. He texted Greg Rebell, and Greg told me this. Uh, Jacob said, Getting the opportunity to see this team again is worth it. So Jacob Flores going to the... Game in Malibu. Outstanding. That's awesome, man. Okay, my rise of shout-out goes to Delos Larson, who has a license plate on the back of his BMW that says I-H-8-U-2. I hate U-2 with a red U. <laughs> and then the license plate holder says Max Hall Solidarity. <laughs> that is next-level BYU fanning for also Max Hall. It's a BMW, so it's a nice Yeah, guy. it's good life. It's good That's life. awesome, man. Our thanks to today's guests, <laughs> John Rostein of CBS Sports and BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo. Podcast if you missed it. Sorry to Dennis Spitta. No time. We had two incredible guests. Uh, conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag, you know it, BYUS. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Jared Miller. We'll see you for BYU Sports Nation tomorrow, but don't forget BYU women's basketball tonight against Pepperdine, All 9 night. Eastern, 6 Pacific. It's a push to get that triple bye. Get the two seed, man. Go Cougs. 17 plus.